Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds in stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's ARKseedkits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. Arcseedkits.com. Make sure to go to TimCast.com, click join us and become a member to support this podcast and all the work we do, and you'll get access to exclusive uncensored segments from TimCast IRL and way more. Now, let's jump into the first story. There's a strange calm in the air. When I go out and talk to people and it gets political, it doesn't seem like anyone's too worried about what's going to happen in 2024, despite the fact that we all agree Joe Biden can't win and Donald Trump may end up in prison. And so I'm hanging out talking to these guys and they're like, well, you know, I don't know who I'll vote for. Nobody really wants to say for sure. Some guys are like, I always just vote Republican. And I'm like, well, Joe Biden can't win, right? The Democrats are fractured, especially as it pertains to Israel, Palestine. And I'm just going to come out and say it right away, right in the beginning of this segment. Yo, I'm sorry to the woke left. They're Nazis. That's it. And I don't mean quite literally in every facet. But the overwhelming similarities between the woke left and Nazism is is just too much. It's just too much. And so, of course, there is the academic. What is a Nazi? And I don't necessarily mean like that. I'm not not saying if you take like a book that explains everything they do. I'm saying their their ideology has way too many uh, overlapping tenets. Their behavior, their symbolism, all of that stuff. It's effectively what it is. Okay, it it is whatever the phenomenon was that led to the rise of the Nazis is the is identical to what the woke left is. And as for their core tenets, they actually do share a decent amount. What I mean by uh, uh, what led to it is the fervent zealotry and banality of evil that leads people to just march in large groups, chanting horrible things. So now we have this from the post millennial abandon Biden campaign kicks off as swing state Muslim leaders coalesce in Dearborn, Michigan. Michigan is a very important swing state, but Donald Trump is also leading in a few other swing states, Georgia and Arizona. In Arizona, Joe Biden is bleeding support. You know what that means? It means Trump might not win those voters, but with Biden losing them, I don't see how Donald Trump loses in the long run. Now, here's here's what, what the core of all this really, really comes down to. For the past seven or so years, I have been saying that the left is experiencing some kind of um, what do you call it? Budding process, right? Where a lump of uh, the left has grown this big lump, which is now flopped off and has created something totally different. This is how I view the left and the right in this country. The right is typically the right and liberals used to be the left. But now that the left has created this new I don't know what you'd call it, 
it, it has asexually reproduced by the process of budding. Now there is this weird woke cult. And then there's the left and the right. The traditional left and the right in this country have typically always gotten along on most issues and then debated things like abortion or the tax rate. But as many people uh, say, you know, 10, 20 years ago, you could be a Democrat or Republican, hang out with somebody and be like, well, I'm voting for this person. It's like, oh, okay, well, you know, it is in fact only, in my opinion, the woke elements of the left as this viral force infecting our institutions and well, causing problems for the Democrats, because for these people, the Democratic Party is their only path forward because the Democratic Party is left leaning. It's where many of them originate. But when you march down the street chanting, targeting Israel, uh, 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 Jewish owned businesses, OK, you are the Democrats are going to lose massive amounts of support, not just from people who are terrified that Joe Biden and Democrats have been courting these people. But these woke leftists themselves ain't voting Democrat because they're anti-Israel. Of course, the neoliberal and the neoconservative establishment forces, they're all pro-Israel. For this, I do not see a realistic path for Joe Biden to win. And I think everybody agrees. But what are they going to do? Swap in Gavin Newsom. Even Newsom said in the debate stage with Ron DeSantis, for some reason they were debating, by the way, that he's not going to be the party's nominee. So who is it? Some people have said Michelle Obama, this late in the game, the DNC would have to arbitrarily decree a new nominee. Okay, something could happen to Joe Biden. You could have a heart attack or something. Or, I mean, he's got steel plates in his brain. Something bad could happen to Joe Biden. But then they got Kamala Harris. Maybe she says, no, I won't run. I mean, this is really the only path forward for them, to be completely honest. Here's here, here, here's the only functioning scenario if they don't want Joe Biden. Now, a lot of people I've talked to said, no, it's going to be Joe Biden. And I'm like, I, that's crazy. And they say, yeah, well, Trump will be in prison. OK, maybe, maybe. I'm not saying Trump did anything wrong. But you've got one out, and that is Joe Biden suffers a medical episode. Kamala Harris says, I will serve as acting president until the election. Kamala Harris says something like, I do not want to start a presidential campaign when this nation needs a leader. I will serve as acting president and then I will step down. I call on the Democrats to find a nominee to run and they can focus on that. And that looks admirable. It looks like, it looks like she's saying, I'm here to serve this country. I'm not here to waste time campaigning when this country is mourning and in need of leadership. And then they can bring in Gavin Newsom, who can say something like, you know, I never thought this would happen. Nobody did. Oh, I can't believe it. But let me get to the crux, the core. The woke left, like I mentioned, they're the Nazis. Don't believe me? Let's start going through the news. And we'll jump back and talk about polling numbers and see where we're at. Abandon Biden. Why? Why abandon Biden? According to Politico, leaders from Michigan, Minnesota, Arizona, Wisconsin, Florida, Georgia, Nevada, and Pennsylvania met in Dearborn, Michigan to coordinate their efforts before the election. During a press conference, University of Minnesota professor and member of the coalition, Hassan Abdel Salam, said, we are looking into finding ways to build a mechanism of coordination between all the swing states so that we're constantly working together to ensure that Muslim Americans will come out in all of these states and that Mr. Biden will lose each and every one of them. Right behind me, what Mr. Biden should see is 111 electoral votes, and he won last time with 74. There is no way 
Joe Biden will abandon Israel. You know, all these people can come out and say whatever they want. They can say, you know, Joe Biden, you got to stop funding Israel. Otherwise, we ain't going to vote for you. Joe Biden won't care. You see, Donald Trump wanted to withdraw forces from the Middle East. Donald Trump wanted to stop war. And this is what happens to him. He is now facing what, like several hundred years in prison. One of the judges in, in, in one of his cases, because he got many, already expressed the opinion that he should be in jail. Now, this judge should not be overseeing these cases, but doesn't matter because the game is rigged, isn't it? So you think Joe Biden would back down from supporting Israel? That ain't going to happen. So by all means, abandon Biden. Back away from Joe Biden, abandon him, and then Donald Trump wins. Donald Trump is going to be way more pro-Israel than Joe Biden is. But I want to show you some stories before we jump to all the polling to explain to you what I mean when I say, you know, I look at what the woke left is and I see Nazism. Now, I'm not clarify, I know, you know, you're going to get some like grifter leftist being like, Duh, but the Nazis were so different because I'm not saying they hold the same core ideologies. I'm saying the emotional core of these groups is, is very much the same. But let's 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 try this. I see a viral video of people marching through the streets in Philadelphia, chanting Intifada revolution. And for the most part, it's kind of like, OK, well, whatever you're saying, you know, you want uh, uh, Palestine to overtake Israel. Here's what I want to say, right? You have these people chanting from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. And, you know, a lot of people say the criticisms of Israel is not anti-Semitic. It's criticisms of Israel. Fair point. That's correct. You can criticize a government without being critical of the people as a race or ethnicity, right? That's stupid. Vladimir Putin does something. We don't say, ah, it's the Russian people. Oh, Russians. And then get mad at Russians in America. No, you get mad at the political elements of it, right? That being said, when they chant from the river to the sea, that's anti-Semitic. And I know there's gonna be a lot of people saying, no, it's not. Because there are people that are just so psychotically anti-Israel. No, it is. Why? I'll tell you. Um, when they chant from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. Are they referring to the Arab Israelis that live inside Israel? They don't. They're, they're not referring to those people. They're referring specifically to the Jewish Israeli uh, citizens. That's what they're referring to and government. And so when they talk about freeing Palestine, the lightest, lightest interpretation is, as I've been told, there will be equal rights in Israel. And I'm like, you know, I really don't believe you when you're claiming you have a right to return. They call it right of return to land that was yours, but that you'd think Israel would stand. So I don't believe that. I'm sorry. Then let's just take a look at, OK, let's say what is from the river to the sea becomes Palestine ruled by the Palestinian Authority. Are they talking about changing the lives of any of the uh, uh, Arabs in Israel? I mean, I guess they're saying that they're going to give them more political power or whatever. But the targeting is the Jewish population. That's it. That's it. Or I, I suppose you can say, to be fair, the best interpretation of this as why it's not anti-Semitic is because they'd probably target the Christians, too, of which there are many, though it is mostly Jewish. But here's what we have. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S.? With more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S., 
They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code POOL at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. An element of the left that I think will tank the Democrats and is tanking the Democrats is, here we go, PA governor rips protesters who mobbed Jewish-owned falafel shop to harass owner. Blatant act of anti-Semitism. They're marching down the street chanting, Goldie, Goldie, you can't hide. We charge you with genocide. Because it's a Jewish and Israeli-owned falafel restaurant? Listen, these people are dangerous and psychotic. You want to make the argument they're not targeting Jewish people, it's just Israel? Fine, whatever. You're allowed to target governments and governmental action. But yo, this is an American, this is a restaurant in Philly that sells falafel. This is where we're currently at. So I'm sorry. When I look at all of this stuff, here's one. Civil rights lawyer blasts woke Illinois school district racial segregation of math and English classes in bid to boost black children's scores and warns it may be illegal. So come on. These people are pushing for racial segregation. They're outright targeting Jewish businesses. Now, I can understand their ideology is not one for one identical with Nazism. What I'm saying is, how does Nazi Germany become Nazi Germany? How does Weimar Germany become Nazi Germany? How do uh, the Bolsheviks take over? How does how does the Soviet Union rise? It is through similar mental breakdowns, zealotry and anger. And that's what we're seeing now. Let's talk about the uh, Progress Pride flag. I see this rainbow flag with a triangle on it being flown at businesses in Frederick, Maryland, where uh, we're just outside of. This is no different to me than the Nazi flag. I went to an antique store in Austin. What did I find? They had swastikas everywhere in Austin. And as the guy explained to me, pre-World War II, swastikas were symbols of good fortune and good luck. And so people would decorate their homes with swastikas everywhere, and they would put them into buildings. They would build buildings in the shapes of swastikas. You see, we grew up in a world where the Nazis took that symbol and then used it to represent a psychotic, murderous, genocidal ideology. So for us, this symbol means something different. So some people like to point out that the swastika inverted is an ancient, it's a, it's a symbol in, in, in the Eastern Hemisphere, and it's still used to this day, and it is. And in the West, it's become synonymous with evil. Isn't that wild, though? Go and check out the, uh, look, look up photos. You can Google search this. Pre-World War II swastika decorations, and you can see people with birthday cakes and wallpaper, 
posters and little flags and all that stuff because it was just a symbol of good fortune. What do you think the rainbow is? What does the rainbow represent? To most people, it represents springtime. Now, nah, I get it. The LGBT community uses the flag to represent a bunch of, I don't know, I guess sex related things. Fine, whatever. And now with the progress pride flag, you have black and brown people on it as well, which clearly takes away from whatever it was supposed to be with LGBT and now represents the ideology of the far left. You look at this and right now what you see is it's a it's a rainbow. It's springtime. It just doesn't mean anything. But you see it beginning the marching down the street targeting of Jewish people, the celebration of what Hamas did. Let me let me let me let me explain something. Numerous reports that women were were gang raped by Hamas and Palestinians, these captors. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, they, 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 they raped these 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 uh, victims. There's a video of a guy screaming as they capture an Israeli woman. I believe it was at the music festival. They were going to gang rape her as she's like cowering and huddling. A video emerged showing her being rescued and she's struggling to walk. The assumption is kind of obvious. When the far left says this is resistance, when these people call it resistance, take these elements and put them all together. Screaming at a falafel shop in Philadelphia, calling them genocide, genocidal. That's kind of nuts. Why? Eh, because the business is owned by a Jewish guy. There you go. OK. And Israeli. You take a look at their calls for segregation and you take a look at how they celebrate the killing of babies the raping of women. And they say that's resistance. If that's resistance, what happens when they win? Right. Now, I don't think the neocons and the neolibs are good either. I'm not saying we we are surrounded by good, wholesome individuals. And I'm not even telling you to vote Republican. I'm just saying these people represent something dark and evil. How is it? That so many people threw up that salute to Hitler. They didn't know what that was going on. They didn't care. They heard they heard the radio. They heard Hitler's broadcast and they believed every word of it. Now, I think we actually we're we're going to repel this. And I think it's thanks to the decentralization of information. With the rise of Nazi Germany, Hitler was able to use radio, which created a unified message. And while you do have the narrative machine in this country and you have the censorship industrial complex, well, you still have a decentralized in, uh, communications network for which you and I are able to communicate or you're able to watch my videos. You're also able to post comments and make videos yourself. So what's happening now is these woke far leftists. This could be something interesting. It's the 20s, right? It's possible. I don't see it likely, but it's possible by the uh, 2030s. We actually have a full on fascistic government run by people claiming to be good and noble and progressive. Just like Nazi Germany. It's early. I'm optimistic, though. In this story, we see that Trump is leading Biden in two of three uh, key swing states. Former president is up in Georgia and Arizona, while Democrat is on course to hold Wisconsin. Okay, well, that's good for him. It's a small poll, so I'm not a big fan of these. But uh, we do have a lot of data coming out showing that Donald Trump is ahead across the board, but more importantly, in swing states. Currently, the real clear politics average has Donald Trump up 1.7 points. 
Now, it was uh, at one point uh, just a few days ago, actually, last week, 2.6%. At this time in history, last election cycle, Joe Biden was up 10 points. Clinton was up 0.6. Yeah, I, I don't see how Joe Biden turns this one around. I honestly don't see how any Democrat could. Let's operate in the assumption that they're planning on swapping in Gavin Newsom, as many people believe. Some kind of shadow campaign is currently underway. I mean, Newsom debating DeSantis. Why? The only upside there is for Newsom. DeSantis couldn't possibly gain. He's running in a primary. Maybe that's what he was thinking. Newsom is not going to be able to recover the pro-Palestine crowd. Newsom is going to get asked heavy questions about Israel-Palestine, and he's going to have one answer. He supports Israel. He's going to say what, what Hamas did. And you know what? I mean, he's mostly right. I, 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 I don't care. I think from the river to the sea is specifically targeting Jews. I think that the big issue really, really is, is uh, Islam versus uh, a Jewish state. I do believe there are a lot of anti-war activists and even friends of mine who don't care about any of the religious component, and they just don't like the actions of Israel. My view is mostly welcome to war. It's a war that doesn't involve us. I am sick of hearing about it. But you know what? You've got people marching through the streets targeting businesses in the United States because the owner is Israeli or Jewish or whatever. You've got people on campuses chanting these things. You've got this video of, of, of this massive, massive march. Actually, let me let me play this for you. I think this is nails on a chalkboard. They're basically saying with Intifada is... They want the Palestinian people to crush the state of Israel and take all of the land back from the river to the sea. It would be theirs. Yeah, okay. Um, forgive me, but I'm not going to believe people who target Jewish owned businesses are going to give Jews in Israel should Palestine take over the entirety of the land. I don't think the Jewish people who live there are going to be treated very well. The argument they say is Jewish people don't treat them well. And I'm like, uh huh, yeah, welcome to war. I'm not happy about it. I'd love it if people got along. Didn't Hamas, I, I, I'm not following this one too closely, but I, think, I believe Hamas broke the ceasefire right away. Now they're trying to bring another ceasefire, all that stuff. Yeah, sorry, I don't believe you. The left lies about everything. They want racial segregation. I believe they're abject evil. I believe the woke left is abject evil. Now the people who adhere to this and march around, well, they may be the banality of evil. Marching blindly alongside demons who would kill and murder for no reason. That's what I see with the woke left. But I do see us winning. I don't know what happens in 2024. I, I have no prediction. I have no idea. It's pretty wild. I usually have at least some like, you know what? This could possibly happen. When I look at all these elections, I'm like, hey, look at this data. Here's what I think. In uh, 2020, we had so many sources like Moody's Analytics. Moody's was saying Trump was, was on track to win. He couldn't lose. And the one thing that we could not predict changing to the voting system, which greatly benefited Democrats. Whether or not you think there was fraud or anything like that, it is a fact. Universal mail-in voting and lockdowns gave Democrats a massive edge. Ain't nobody's voting for Joe Biden, but they were voting against Trump. Why? While many people don't like Trump, Democrats just went knocking on doors. That's all that it took.
And there's a lot of people who didn't care about Trump. And they sold themselves. They, they, they sold themselves out. Joe Biden came, came in and, and, and now look where we are. Prices skyrocketing, rent skyrocketing. And they're lying. Biden comes out and he was like, you got you to lower your prices, man. Inflation's gone way down. Have you seen the price of gold lately? It's hitting all-time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. They have a track record of excellence that's second to none. Just look at their thousands of five-star reviews on Trustpilot, Google, and the Better Business Bureau. Customers rave about their knowledgeable staff, smooth investment process, and life-changing results, which you can see for yourself online. That's the kind of reputation you can count on. But it's not just about the reviews. Noble Gold Investments truly care about their clients. They take the time to understand your unique needs and goals, and they give expert guidance every step of the way. That level of personalized service is rare in this industry. Look, when it comes to securing your financial future, you can't afford to take chances. Go with the gold company that has earned the trust of countless investors. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com slash Pool today and discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or call them at 877-646-5347. Again, that's 877-646-5347. He actually said that. Let me explain. Inflation's gone down from like 16 to like 3% or whatever, which means prices are still up. So you can't just look like the cost of goods is still up. You can't just lower your prices. Inflation means things are still getting expensive, but Biden's a moron. He's completely incapable. So this is what we're heading into for the next year. December 4th. How about that? Can you believe it? 2024 around the corner. I'm surprised that we made it through, made it through three years of Joe Biden. And now we're coming into the last year and I have no idea what's going to happen. I think it'll get, I think the potential for, for extreme violence is very, very high. And that's what has me worried. But I really don't know. How could Donald Trump not go to prison? Seriously. Liberal juries, they're not going to let him off the hook. I mean, they're not, they're, I shouldn't even say it that way because I don't even think Trump did anything wrong. They're just going to, they're not going to let him go. Already in New York at the fraud trial, they're not giving him a trial as to whether he did fraud. They already declared he did. They're just trying to figure out how much money they take from him. I think these cases that we're seeing, they're not here to determine whether or not Trump did something wrong. They're just here to lock him up. And they'll do it to everyone else. If they if, if these people win, you will live in a world where one day you wake up and, and some party member will say, if you do not do as we say, we will destroy your life. And then you're going to be like, I'll just say whatever you want me to say. Some people might resist. But, the, you know, the party member will come and they'll say, we want you to give us your stuff. We're going to take your stuff from you. That's what they do in North Korea. That's what they did in the Soviet Union. That's what they do in China. We can't live that way. I do want to end this, though, by saying I'm fairly optimistic. I mean, look, even if they put Trump in prison, it doesn't change the fact that he's running for president. It, they, they may do it thinking that it'll spike his, his, his run. He's going to lose a bunch of votes because it perhaps. But we'll see. We'll see. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. I've got a question for you guys. Uh, how does it feel to be right? Does it feel good? Okay, because we got this hilarious post from ALX on Twitter, on X, saying, 
Taylor Lorenz says she's being shadow banned on threads. Now, I know often when it comes to the news, there's an esoteric nature of some of these stories, and you need to be really ingrained and uh, entrenched in politics to get it. But let's start here. Elon Musk was right when he said he needed to buy X to save humanity. And I think I'm somewhat paraphrasing, but that's basically what he was saying. He's right. You see, all these other big tech platforms are censoring important journalism. And now it is fascinating to see that none other than Taylor Lorenz, a left liberal journalist, critical of X and critical of Elon, is now upset that Mark Zuckerberg's Threads app is censoring journalism. Surprise, surprise. What we have here, my friends, is, well, a sad realization. Too little, too late. But, well, maybe not too late, but at least it's coming. At least people are now starting to wake up to this. But it's the realization that all journalism is being targeted. Whether you're left, right, up, down, whatever, if you are reporting on things the machine does not like, you will be shut down. And now we're learning that Walmart has joined the boycott against X. And Elon Musk said this could destroy the company. He he said that. There's a question now. Many uh, individuals are asking, will X go bankrupt? I certainly hope not. So I'd encourage you all to support a product if you like it. But it really is scary to think. Understand this, my friends, that only a few years ago, you would be banned from a major social media platform for saying men aren't women, though. I'm not kidding. It's not an exaggeration. If you went on X and said men are not women, they would ban you forever. Your ideas are not allowed. I saw this wild story and it's a, a woman started getting spammed with LGBT content on TikTok and then decided she was gay and told her husband. Huh. I got to be honest. I don't think she's gay. I think that she was being brainwashed by TikTok. I believe that people are susceptible, susceptible to this level of manipulation. I really do. Now, perhaps, I don't know, you know, this lady may have just been in the closet and she got married because she thought that's what she needed to do. And then she found herself. Fair. But more importantly, I think it's just a minor piece of circumstantial evidence suggesting these social media platforms are intending to manipulate your brain, to take away your agency and push you in the direction they want you to go. And thus, if you're reporting the news and that reporting is uh, uh, not good for the narrative, you get the X. Let's start here. In this post on threads from Taylor Lorenz, she says, I posted the cover of yesterday's New York Post to threads, talking about how hypocritical the New York Post is in their criticism of Meta when they published the same Thinspo images they're bashing metaphor. What did threads do? Locked me out of my Instagram account until I deleted the thread and sent this message to my threads account saying they're going to shadow ban me. Absolutely insane levels of censorship where we can't even discuss the media's coverage of Meta on Meta's own apps. How are we supposed to critique the media or cover the media when Meta essentially bans all discussion of certain stories and topics? It's terrible for free expression, and I wish more people in the media held Meta to account for their dangerously blunt moderation tactics. Just to be clear, this isn't some sort of conspiracy where Meta is trying to shut down a discussion of a news story about them. It's a consequence of their heavy automated moderation. This is just another example of why I think Threads overly blunt moderation isn't good. We should have more free expression and room for nuance when discussing the news. Hey, hey, that's exactly what we said about Twitter the whole time. 
When Twitter was censoring people, we said overwhelmingly it's the machine doing it. But we also know this. There is a conspiracy, Taylor. You are wrong. She says it's not a conspiracy. It's automated. No, we know for a fact that intelligence agencies have back doors into big platforms and are in direct communication with their staff to take things down. I would not be surprised if they reached out and said, take down Taylor Lorenz's post. That's the simple answer. Taylor followed up by saying, when you try to share journalism on social media these days and it's SpongeBob with a gun saying, forgive me, Lord, but it's time to break community guidelines. Whoa, 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 Taylor. It's a private platform. They can do what they want. You want to post things that break the rules, they get to ban you. You can't come out now and start complaining. But take a look at this from just in September. Threads blocks search for COVID, vaccines, coronavirus over disinformation fear. Let me tell you where I think we're at. Let's go full conspiracy theory. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. It's not a conspiracy theory. Okay, then let me um, pontificate. I don't know. Here's what we know. We know for a fact that the U.S. intelligence agencies are in direct communication with big tech. We know for a fact the White House is in direct communication with big tech and both of these communications specifically for the purpose of removing content they don't like. We know for a fact that Twitter, uh, X, formerly Twitter, uh, when, when it was still Twitter, allowed intelligence agencies to have backdoor access to the platform to request takedowns, much the same with Facebook. These things are true. Okay, now from there, let me make a few assumptions because the conspiracy component of it's already a fact. We already know that the government's conspiring to violate the Constitution. Here's what I think. When Elon Musk said, I'm going to buy X. He created a very interesting predicament. This uh, platform, Twitter, when he said he wanted to buy Twitter, it's publicly traded. And there's a fiduciary responsibility to act in the best interest of the shareholders. Elon says, I want to buy it. What happens? They panic. They don't want to sell. It's a tool for the deep state. That's a fact. But they had no choice. Because under the law, they have to uphold their fiduciary responsibility to the shareholders. So ultimately, Elon Musk buys the platform. There's a lot that happened in between. It took like a year, but he finally did. Here's what I believe. In the meantime, the deep state probably went to Facebook and said, can you make something similar? And this is all part of a coordinated effort to destroy X because it allows free speech. You got Tommy Robinson. You guys know Tommy Robinson. He's on X and he is very critical of Islam. The fascinating thing is they tried to destroy this guy and still are over his opinions. They don't want his opinions to be spread. But now he's spreading them more than ever. I have to imagine whoever was trying to silence him for whatever reason ain't too happy with the fact that he's able to keep doing his thing. I believe that the intelligence agencies probably went to Zuckerberg and they said, look, this would be greatly beneficial to us. I'm sure it's a it's it's not all one for one. Just the deep state goes to Zuckerberg and says, do as you're told. I'm sure Mark was like, hey, man. Elon might screw this up. We have a tremendous opportunity for doing text posting. But he screwed it up. Threads flopped. Everybody hates it. And now we are all realizing, even Taylor Lorenz, just how bad Threads really is. In September, the New York Post reported, Meta Platforms Threads has censored search terms that include the words COVID, vaccines, and coronavirus in a bid to thwart the spread of disinformation, the company said. Mark Zuckerberg's purported Twitter killer app rolled out its search function last week for U.S.-based users, as well as those in Canada, Mexico, India, and the United Kingdom. 
The search functionality temporarily doesn't provide results for keywords that may show potentially sensitive content. A Meta spokesperson confirmed the post on Tuesday. People will, will be able to search for keywords as COVID in the future updates once we're confident in the quality of the search results. Well, there you go. I guess Taylor Lorenz isn't a quality poster because uh, uh, she's not allowed. We're going to suspend and shadow ban. Take a look, look at this from the New Republic. I love this. Hysterical conservatives are accusing Meta's threads of censorship. And I believe this one, uh, what's the date on this one? This goes back, I think this is like June or something. They say in the days since Zuckerberg's threads app premiered, a number of rather predictable media storylines and narratives have dominated the news cycles around the latest would-be Twitter replacement. Sheer volume, blah, blah, blah. Zuckerberg says he got 100 million signups in less than a week. No, you have Instagram users. But uh, anyway, so as it turns out, as the New Republic played their tribal psychotic game, it was true the whole time. We know for a fact, Meta said outright that they were doing this. But this is the nature of the culture war, my friends. A company can come out and be like, yeah, we're censoring. And then leftist publications will claim it's not true. People will believe it's not true because they read this garbage. We have to alert people to this stuff. We have to wake them up to what's uh, actually going on. So what can you do? I mean, you can share this video for whatever reason. I don't know. More people need to be outside of the lying, manipulative press. Let me let me just stress this. It's another morning and you're all set for work. You grab your coffee, head out the door, and your car decides today's the day it won't start. Panic sets in. You're not just late, you're stranded. Get ahead of unexpected car repairs before they strike with CarShield, the most trusted vehicle protection company. For almost 20 years, CarShield has saved millions of drivers from repair nightmares with low monthly plans that cover up to 5,000 major parts and systems, like pricey transmission and engine engine repairs, and check engine light mysteries. Visit CarShield today at carshield.com slash Carlson. Plans include unlimited miles, 24-7 roadside assistance, help with flats, lockouts, and rental car options. Save 20% and get a free quote by visiting CarShield online at carshield.com slash Carlson. Don't wait for the next surprise. Choose peace of mind with CarShield. Go to carshield.com slash Carlson and save 20% today. The left plays this game where they say, no, you're lying. No, I'm not lying. You're lying. You're lying. You're the liar. And there are people sitting back being like, I don't know. And I've had these conversations and it's frustrating. I'll be talking to someone. I'll say, look, man, the left lies all the time. I go, yeah, they all lie, though. And how are you supposed to even know who's telling the truth? I'm like, read for five minutes because I can show you this right now. Threads outright said they censored these search terms. It's not hysterical to say they're doing it because they said they're doing it. But what will happen is the left runs stories like this. Bad faith rage, they call it. And there are people who grew up and just believe the left and won't even bother reading anything else. And they'll believe the lies. How remarkable is that? If you read the New York Post, you'll read that threads admitted to censoring certain terms because they're, they're concerned about disinformation. Hey, if you came out and said, I agree with that. We don't want disinformation. I like the censorship. OK, that's fine. You're allowed to say that. But the idea that they're not censoring at all. That is a lie. And people believe it. Thus, it all comes full circle, doesn't it? That's why X is so important right now. That's why the work that Elon Musk is doing is so important right now. 
If we live in a world where, and Rumble, shout out to Rumble as well. If we live in a world where it's just YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, you will never hear the truth. Facts will be suppressed and they will jam you into a box. And you know what, man? One day you'll wake up. A friend will be dead. And you won't know why. One day you wake up and the cost of milk will be 12 bucks a gallon and you won't know why. One day you might not even wake up, but your kids might and they'll find you. My point is, if you're not paying attention to what's going on in the world, because there are so many people who say this and I've had people come up to me. They're like, oh, man, you know, I just can't do politics anymore. Just can't do it. I just can't. OK, I'm like, that's fine. You, you don't have to pay attention to this stuff. You can do whatever you want. I believe in freedom. But I'm like, you do realize one day you're going to wake up and your bank account's going to be frozen and you're not going to know why. One day there's going to be some kind of disaster. You're going to run out of food and you're not going to know why. So let me tell you, when the lockdowns happened and everybody was fighting over toilet paper, yeah, ain't a single prepper out there who was fighting over toilet paper. They were sitting back laughing, saying, I ain't got anything to worry about. I'm not saying you should go buy all the beans from your local grocery store and stuff toilet paper in your closet. I'm just saying. Don't end up like one of these guys who is fighting over toilet paper in a parking lot. Crazy, right? Because you weren't paying attention. This is the world they want for you. They want to be able to react. They want to be able to buy stock and trade and then have you left holding the empty bag. That's always how it's been. And now Walmart is the latest advertiser to pull ads from Elon Musk's ex. You know, I'm, I'm honestly very worried about this, to be, to, to, to be fair. All these advertisers are acting in a coordinated effort for political purposes. They probably have intelligence agency guys going to them and saying, we want you to pull your ads. No more funding of this platform. We're taking over. We want to destroy it. And these companies, with smiles on their faces, march in lockstep for a political cause. CNN reports Walmart confirmed on Friday it is not advertising on X, uh, formerly known as Twitter. We are not actively advertising on X. This is not about a specific change to our advertising policies. We've simply decreased spend over time to align with performance. We're, cons- we're constantly optimizing our marketing efforts. These decisions are made in, in a dynamic market and could change in the future. Now, here's what I want to point out. The idea that Walmart is part of the boycott. This is fascinating. It's speculative based on the headlines and the narrative they're putting forward. Walmart's just saying, no, we're just slowing down ads. I don't know what you're talking about. So maybe, maybe Walmart really is just, I don't know. Maybe Walmart doesn't really care about the boycotts or anything like that. And they're just slowing down. But the narrative will be, and I don't think anyone's going to believe them. When all of these major companies start pulling their ads from one platform, it is a coordinated effort. They tried claiming that Alex Jones getting banned from every platform all at the exact same time wasn't coordinated. But now that we know what the deep state is, is, is currently doing, what intelligence agencies are doing, the likelihood that intelligence officials went to all the platforms and said, ban Alex Jones now is 90 some odd percent because we know they were in communication about banning content. In fact, there's probably many messages of them outright targeting Alex Jones. Here's what I'm, I'm, I'm proud of. Tim Pool listed on the uh, 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 targeted directly by the government for censorship over election news coverage. Mm. The modern era is fascinating. They're going to say 
Walmart has a wonderful community on X. And with half a billion people on X every year, the platform experiences 15 billion impressions about their holidays alone, about the holidays alone, with more than 50% of X users doing most or all of their shopping online. Benaroach claimed that Walmart's decision to pull ads is not a direct result of Musk's actions and said Walmart continues to be active on the platform in other ways. They say that they've not advertised since October, so it's not a recent pause. The company has been organically connecting with its community community, uh, of more than 1 million people on X pointing out Walmart's continued posting on the platform. Okay. Well, let's 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 leave it at this. Okay? I'm I'm not, you know, I see a lot of people saying they want to boycott Walmart. Let's make sure we get this one right. It may not be that uh Walmart did anything. And if they're actively using the platform, that's good. We want to encourage this. Here we have this from Business Insider. Elon Musk is beefing with Paris Hilton now. Well, this one's interesting. Paris Hilton did pull her ads according to Business Insider. They say the partnership appears to have been scuppered last month. Hilton's companies pulled its ad amid concerns over the platform's anti-Semitic content. Yeah, I'm just going to call shenanigans. I'm going to call shenanigans uh, because Facebook, Instagram. Remember when uh, Facebook was used to facilitate the January 6th riots? They were because who's not using Facebook for for communication? Yet they went after Parler and destroyed Parler. Here's what I think. With conservatives fleeing Twitter to Parler, control over what could be said was being taken away from the deep state. I believe it was a coordinated effort to shut down Parler. I believe the GOP needs to go after all documentation on Parler and communications and figure out how it is that this platform got pulled down. The platform itself was banned. That's crazy, isn't it? Elon Musk fires back saying the ad campaign wasn't super convincing, to be honest. I don't think Paris cooks a lot. Besides advertising her cookware on X, Hilton also has promoted her products on Instagram and TikTok. You know what I think? I think all of their ads are worthless. I got to be completely honest. I think the other ads are, are, are worthless. When you look at bot traffic or Facebook, uh, Facebook's views, I don't think any of it's real. And, and you know, I was having, I, let's, let's go back in time. I'm sitting down with some guys from Discovery, Discovery Digital. And we were talking about Vice, we were talking about social media, we were talking about uh, Discovery, we were talking about Fusion. And I said, I think YouTube is, is the right mechanism for all of this. And they said, no way, man, Facebook. And I was like, you really think Facebook video is going to beat YouTube? And they're like, we, they're like, we put up a video on Facebook and we'll get 10 million views. We put it on YouTube and we'll get maybe six, 700,000. So why would we focus on YouTube? And I said, do you really think those views on Facebook are real? And the response was amazing. It doesn't matter. You know why it doesn't matter? Because we're putting together an advertising portfolio to show to sponsors and say, here's how many views we can deliver. And so if Facebook says it's 10 million views, it's 10 million views. Now, that only lasts so long. Because what happens is you'll buy an ad. You won't sell any product and you'll say, we can't do the campaign again. We didn't sell any product. So those views are meaningless. And apparently this was a big deal. I don't remember the exact story, but I think that was a big deal because a lot of advertisers and companies were pissed that the metrics were lying. Yeah, that's the game. It's always been the game. Lie about your numbers, trick people into joining your platform instead. Look at it this way. Look at TikTok. You know, let me say this. I, I, I've, I've told people how you, you make a social media platform work. 
I can make a new social media platform right now and probably gain a massive audience. I'll tell you how to do it. And then maybe you can go do it. Or maybe you shouldn't. I don't know what the laws are around this, but I'll give you a scenario that that uh, uh, let's just say I believe is has happened. A social media app is made. It is advertised to high school kids, teenagers. They first hire people through a casting agency, whatever, to produce content. Once there's a decent amount of content on the platform, they advertise on other social media platforms, their social media platform, and they target high school kids. When that high school kid signs up and makes a post, they'll have bots send them 70 likes. Wow, I just signed up. I got 70 likes. 50 new followers. The followers are fake. The likes are fake, but they're coming directly from the company. This young person is now looking at 5,000 followers after only a week or so. What happens? They stop using the other platform. Why? Well, I mean, I got more followers here. I'm not, you know, I post on Instagram to 300 people. I get like 10 likes. I post on new amazing app. I get a thousand. Why use anything else? Then they go to their friends and they're like, are you using, you know, whatever app? And they'll be like, no, what is that? And I'll be like, dude, I got 5,000 followers in like a week. And they'll be like, what for real? And then one by one, they all start signing up. It's that easy. And then along comes the deep state and they mandate what can or can't be said on the platform. Or maybe it was the deep state all along. And they will control what you can see and what you can hear. From the Post to Millennial, Greg Gutfeld stands up for Elon Musk and Tucker Carlson, drops truth bomb about censorship industrial complex on Fox News. Well, bravo to Greg Gutfeld. Apparently people on the show gasped. Because the implication was that Tucker Carlson got the axe because advertisers were mad. And what is it like three fourths of all advertising revenue on TV is big pharma. These people live or die. You know, you, you, we, we've asked this question over and over again when I used to work at these big companies. How is it that television channels, they're, they're, they're paying their staff, they're, they're, they're paying like you're a host for Fox News. How the are you making 10, 20 $30 million a year. That's crazy. We have direct viewers. We sell sponsors. We have memberships. And I look at the numbers that some of these TV hosts get. I'm like, how does that make sense? Hmm. Let's just say there are massive multinational corporations that are, pl- that are paying a premium for narrative control. It's breaking. I don't know how, how long it will last. But I can just say this. Ladies and gentlemen, enjoy the schadenfreude. As we look at people like Taylor Lorenz, who jumped ship to go to threads, now being censored. If she remained on threads with the rest of her friends and cohorts, they'd be able to share their ideas. This is why Elon Musk must win and why I'm glad to see that he is. But I got to say again, I'm worried. Maybe the platform goes bankrupt. We'll see. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out and I'll see you all then. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Now the summer of love. Remember it like it was just yesterday, despite the fact that it was three and a half years ago. Isn't that crazy? Time flies. The summer of love riots across this country where buildings were burned down. Well, 
Take a look at this story. Fulton County judge gives $500 fine, no jail time for rioters who burned down Atlanta Wendy's during Black Lives Matter riots. This, my friends, is what is known as abject evil. Okay, abject meaning there is nothing, nothing more evil than quite literally what you're seeing right now. Two dangerous, psychotic extremists with murderous intent, and they don't get in trouble for burning down buildings. The outrage right now is over the multi-tiered justice system that we live in. You've got the likes of Marjorie Taylor Greene, as well as many others, pointing out that January Sixers, some of whom were not part of any riot, are facing years over January 6th. But these people, nothing. Let's talk about Enrique Tarrio, who was not in D.C. on January 6th, who just got 20 years in prison for it. Let's talk about the person who knocked over a barricade, Joe Biggs. 20 years. And I'm rounding up because not 20 for everybody. Some got more, some got a little less. I met someone, I met a woman, and she said that she had gone to the Capitol about an hour after everything happened. She was with her husband and they walked up. There's no signs, there's no fences, there's no barricades. They walk up the sidewalk. They see people walking around, walk inside the building for a couple of minutes, look around, shrug, and then leave. And now they're going to jail for 18 months a year and a half. You got to understand when it comes to January 6, they want to show you this image of the riot and the riot was bad and the people fighting cops should not have. Now, there are people saying, oh, but the police fired into the crowd, triggering the violence. Okay, well, that cop should be held accountable. But the fact that people charged into the building and smashed windows and climbed their way in. Yeah, that doesn't I don't care if a cop fired you know, rubber bolts around him. A guy got uh, rubber bolts at people. Guy got in his face. They shouldn't have, right? But doesn't excuse people smashing windows and storming into the building. Okay, now we'll set that all aside and mention about an hour after all of that happened, there are numerous stories of people who showed up. Trump finished speaking. They start walking over. Nobody has any idea what's going on. They're not watching the news. They're walking around D.C. and they walk up to the other side of the Capitol building. Police have fanned people in and opened the doors. There's no broken glass. They're taking selfies with people. And so they walk up like, oh, what's going on? And now they're being hunted down and charged for being part of some insurrection. Evil. Evil reigns. I think we're winning, though. They would not need to be so desperate and panicked if we were losing. Take a look at this in the post-millennial. Two of the three suspects accused of setting fire to a Wendy's in Atlanta during a BLM riot have accepted plea deals. Chisholm Kingston and Natalie White were both charged with conspiracy to commit arson in the first degree and two counts of first degree arson. The pair pleaded guilty to their crimes. Kingston and White have both been sentenced to five years probation and ordered to pay a $500 fine and community service. No jail time, though. Hmm. That's really amazing. John Wesley Wade, 35, was indicted on the same charges. All three initially pleaded not guilty and waived their arraignments. The charges stem from a violent riot, this we understand. As a result, they torched the Wendy's in protest of Brooks's death. An autonomous zone was created. Oh, boy. John Wesley Wade, the third suspect that did not take a plea deal, is a prominent BLM activist in Atlanta and led several protests in the summer of 2020. In 20, October 2020, he was arrested on federal charges over a st- string of violent demonstrations and was sentenced to five years in federal prison. 
amazing. He's among a group of rioters that torched Atlanta police vehicles and set fires to the U.S. Postal Service property during the lead up to the 2020 election. The group left notes that read stand by in attempt to frame the Proud Boys for their crimes. The phrase was a reference to Donald Trump. He said, stand back and stand by. He shouldn't have said that. That was stupid. Wade was caught by police after he was ordered to wear a GPS ankle monitoring vest at the attacks when he was released on bond for burning down the Wendy's location. Okay. James Lindsay has a thread helping you explain exactly what we are experiencing. James Lindsay says, Almost everything the left does only makes sense when you understand that there are broadly two classes of people and wholly different rules. There's three classes, sort of. But let's read this and then I'll elaborate. The people and the enemies of the people who are not considered valid people. This logic underlies all of their thinking. The people are those who support leftist theory and practice or who might still be trained to do so. The enemies of the people are those who resist or reject leftism, have something leftists don't want them to have, break from leftism or represent any opposing faction. Nothing the people do so long as it's consistent with advancing leftism is wrong. In fact, it's necessary and right. Violence, hate and malice are resistance. They are taught these are necessary moral goods and trained to believe it. Actions don't matter. Context does. Nothing the enemies of the people do can be right, even if it is. It's for the wrong reasons so wrong. Everything they do is bad and must be punished. The only thing that can, uh, the only thing they can do is to confess over and over and start their journey to becoming a leftist. The people, in quotes, are taught to hate the enemies of the people and to blame them for all failures of leftism. Leftism, leftism is never wrong. It would always work, but for the enemies of the people. They must be hated for everything then and blamed for hating the people. Today in Western Marxism, the enemy of the people is Western civilization and its hegemony, including its individual liberties and market economies. Everyone who supports these is an enemy of the people. Everyone who hates it is uh, who hates it is the people. Their violence is resistance. Like when Hamas raped those women and men, they call that resistance. Israel is coded as Western, a British American project to bring Western hegemony to the Middle East. Hegemony. Ireland is Western. It is therefore colonizing the millions of people who immigrated there in the last few years. America is Western. It must be dismantled. It isn't more complicated than this. Well, it is. It is. But James is 99% right. Nor is it particularly inconsistent. Almost everything in leftism that doesn't make sense makes sense once you understand the simple split defines all of its thinking. Diversity means outside the enemies of the people or diverse compared to the background of Western hegemony. Inclusion means including what's outside of Western hegemony. That means people who support leftism and hate the enemies of the people. For all means for all the people. This means taking away from the enemies of the people and redistributing it among the people for equity. Things that are for all are therefore just for some. And the source is what the enemies of the people have. Until you comprehend that leftist logic is truly a two-tiered hate-driven system that always excuses itself and allows any evil on its enemies, you can't really understand them. Once you do, it's transparent and immediately apparent in almost everything they do. No mystery. Well, hold on there a minute. I mean, they're getting probation. This guy's going to federal prison for separate charges. Certainly, it's not absolute what James Lindsay is saying, but it is overwhelmingly true. And uh, well, I can make it simple for you. It's it's well, a little bit more complicated than what James said, actually. It's not that uh, it's just this two tier, the people and the enemy of the people. There are uh, 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 the there's the resistance. And that is what James Lindsay refers to as the people. 
There's then the people and then the enemy of the people. The people are random individuals who don't know and don't do anything, have no idea what's going on. The people are not provided any services or means or resources. The resistance is. So we've talked about this in terms of the three-tiered justice system. It's not two-tiered. A lot of people have said it's two-tiered because if you're on the left, you get away with it. If they're right, you go to prison. Yes, but then there's the middle that is ignored entirely. You take a look at New York and San Francisco. Let's talk about ignored entirely. These are the people. Or maybe James is right when he says the people is the resistance and everyone else is just the enemy. But I do think that if you frame it that way, you have to understand that there's a, there's a third class, there's a middle class. People in San Francisco who have no idea what's going on, don't pay attention and don't vote, who are living in squalor, who are attacked and beaten. Let's say you live in New York and you own a bodega and a guy breaks in and mercilessly beats you and steals your stuff. When you call the police, they don't do anything. That's it. And they'll come by and say, what do you want us to do about it? They don't do anything. They're not going to arrest the bad guy and they're not going to help protect you. Luke Rutkowski has got a famous uh, uh, interview. He's got a, uh, uh, an interview with a famous guy. Guy was on a train. A, a lunatic started stabbing people. Random guy with cops around fights the guy off and gets stabbed several times. Cops did nothing. Say, we don't have to do anything. We're not intervening. Cops will not protect you. All right, now let's slow down. Let's say you were on the train and a guy stabbing someone and you're a Trump supporter wearing a MAGA hat. They would arrest you for aggravated assault. They'd lock you up. Like we saw with uh, you had um, Daniel Penny and Perry. In New York, I believe it was Penny. He subdues a man who's threatening to kill people. The man dies. They say it's time for you to go to jail now. And that's just a regular guy. Ah, but he was a veteran. You see, in this instance, somebody died. So as a member of the people, just a, I mean, the middle, the middle ground, you are going to be used as a, as, as, as a tool. We don't want protests. We don't care about you. Too bad. Have a nice day. What you do doesn't matter. Now, if the guy was wearing a Trump hat, oh boy. This we can take a look at with Ahmed Arbery. These guys are not super conservative, but in this case, you can see how extreme things get. Derek Chauvin was a cop. Look at how extreme things get. If they were leftists and they burned down a building or tried to kill somebody, it is a tendency. It is not absolute. It is a tendency. My point is this. It's a little more complicated than James Lindsay says. These individuals are facing probation. They are getting fined and community service because the machine needs to have some semblance of rationality within it. If these people were cheered for and let go, they would lose their power instantly as the middle of the of the road people lose all faith and immediately flock to the enemies of the people. There is a large body of individuals who are not politically active. Many of them lean in a certain direction and kind of know what's going on, but are too scared to speak up. The game right now is, can we convince one side to join us as the safe side? Well, what the left does is they say, oppose us and we'll crush you. Work for us and we'll protect you. So no one will dare speak out against them. We had uh, the Defiant on, uh, Dickie Barrett. He's a great dude. He's the lead singer of the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones and now the lead singer of the Defiant. And he said he doesn't want to, you know, get back at people. He just wants to move on. And I said, the problem is you have created two systems. One, in, uh, you've created, a, well, it's one system. You've created a system in which the average person says, if I defy the left in any way, they will destroy me. If I defy the right in any way, they'll forgive me. So who are they more afraid to defy? If they side with the left and they're wrong, they know you'll forgive them. 
So they say, well, I got no risk. There's literally no risk at all. We need to create that risk and say, Jimmy Kimmel, you're a bad person and call him out. Jimmy Kimmel said that he wants hospitals not to treat the unvaccinated. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. All right, to be specific, he said the, the people who want ivermectin, they shouldn't get any treatment at the hospitals. Now, there's a couple ways to interpret. He said people were unvaccinated and the headline said and preferred ivermectin. But he's essentially saying that his friends should die. They should die. And he laughed about it. You know why? What's the downside? He knows that all these people will forgive him if he asks. And he knows he'll lose tons of money and get canceled if he if he sides against the machine. So there must be consequences. I'll leave it there. Next segment is coming up at 6 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out. And I'll see you all then. Continuing the theme of the day, that is the left is evil. We have this clip from End Wokeness, a trans non-binary individual on their awakening and their becoming Muslim and how they're being attacked for it. Now, the first thing I want to say is I, I applaud this individual and I hope that they do find God. I do believe it is also beautiful and I hope it helps them in any way, in any way that it can. But what's happening is a lot of people are ragging on this person because they're advocating for queer Islam. Which brings us to this idea of queers for Palestine, what they call it. And uh, a lot of organizations that are saying they're part of an LGBTQ alliance with Islam. The problem is that Islam is a conservative Abrahamic religion, which says homosexuality is a sin. All right. But let's talk about why the left is evil. I'll tell you, it's because they will lie about anything to gain power. Even now, I have an article from the Human Rights Campaign, a large LGBTQ nonprofit, I actually have fundraised for them before, and they're arguing that many in the Islamic world are actually not homophobic or transphobic. In fact, you know, Iran allows gender reassignment surgery. Mm. Well, how about that? The one thing they conveniently leave out is that in Iran, if you're gay, they force you to undergo gender reassignment. That is to say, if you're a man, you enjoy being a man, but you prefer the company of men, the state will sterilize you, remove your genitals against your will, or kill you. So yeah, how about that? Let me play the video for you. We are not a monolith. Teach me, my non-binary friend, about what it means to be queer for Islam. And as always... We must make sure we have the sound. ...came through and changed the culture and changed the narrative. And you can actually see that happen worldwide. The United States did not start off homophobic and transphobic. You okay, hold on there a minute. What does that mean? The United States did not start off homophobic and transphobic. Are you saying that when the United States started off? Or are you referring to the land, which you mean by North America? I have to assume that someone who's a leftist is probably going to be a decolonized. So when they say United States... They're referring specifically to the country, which, of course, was not from uh, sea to shining sea. 
uh, uh, until way later. So if you're making the argument that the the colonists were not homophobic, transphobic, I'm going to have to go ahead and say you're wrong, because quite literally, after a few hundred years, they just killed a whole bunch of women they thought were witches. So if (laughs) sorry, I just don't buy it. Uganda didn't start off homophobic and transphobic. The Islamic world did not start off homophobic and transphobic. What does that mean? It did not start off anyway. I'll tell you right now, the Islamic world is widely anti-LGBTQ. And then people go, oh yeah, we'll point out a famous queer Muslim. How about Rumi? If you have religious trauma, I am sorry. I do too. But guess what? You don't get to ostracize me from the queer community because I'm actually finding God. Are you kidding me? I'm having a beautiful moment with myself and y'all are just shitting on me and it's fucked up. I'd suggest that you start looking up some queer Muslims because there's a lot of them out there. The queer community is not a monolith. The Islamic community is not a monolith. Can you please just stop trying to perpetuate trauma onto people? Because you haven't dealt with it yourself, I get to have my own journey with religion. You do. You do. And, you know, this person in another video where they're talking about how beautiful Islam was and how they were coming to, to know God. And the appropriate response, in my opinion, and a response for many people was, this is a good thing. If these individuals are starting to read scripture and discover God, then then good for them. Good for them. It may help change their lives. And I have this article here from Truthout. LGBTQ voices are increasingly speaking up for Palestinians despite backlash. In the face of Israeli pinkwashing, LGBTQ-led organizing plays an important role in Palestinian solidarity efforts. You can't pinkwash colonialism. Okay, well, let me just say this about uh, as we get into the queers heart Gaza. In Gaza, it's a 10-year prison sentence. If you're gay, they lock you up. Many will just kill you outright. Regardless of uh, trials, they just kill you. Uh, There are many Muslims who will speak out against all of this stuff. So it's weird that there are a lot of people who outright say publicly they don't like them. And more importantly, in Israel, you have many Palestinian refugees. So if you're from the West Bank or Gaza and you're gay, you can go to the Israeli government and ask for asylum and they give it to you. Now, I don't I'm not saying they'll give it to every single person. But there are numerous stories of individuals who are granted asylum. And they say, but Palestine's an open air prison. Gaza, it's an open air prison. Then how is it that you have individuals from Gaza who get asylum in Israel? Perhaps the real issue is the fear in Israel of violence because they're like basically at war. There was one individual, we talked about this a few weeks ago, who was a refugee from Palestine because he was gay and he was hunted down in Israel and killed. Yeah. Even in Israel, they can't keep you safe. But he wasn't killed by the Israelis or the IDF. He was killed by Muslims. I'm not saying everything. I, I think it's fair to point out. Yeah, it's not a monolith. I mean, there is a monolithic component of all religion, right? Christianity is certainly not a monolith. There's what is there like 500,000 denominations? The Catholic Church, however, could be described as the monolith. But then within that, you'll have varying opinion on certain issues, right? And they're political. But take a look at this. One of the most offensive things I've ever read. This is the human rights campaign stances on faiths on LGBTQ issues, Islam, Sunni and Shia. I wonder, I don't think they have a date here. They say more than a billion Muslims inhabit the planet. They all have different issues. They say, of course, you know, they say founded by the prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him in 622 CE. Islam is I, I do appreciate the peace, peace be upon him, upon him. Uh, It's very respectful. It's very respectful. Islam is an Abrahamic religion that shares its truth with Juda- Judaism, Christianity and recognizes Abraham, Moses and Jesus prophets. Its sacred texts are the Quran and secondary sources, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, I, I do think that there are, there are a lot of really great things about Islam, for sure. 
Um, I think there's a lot of bad things about politics and war and conflict and jihad and, and all that stuff. Now, they say, because Islam has no central governing body, it is not possible to state clear policies regarding issues of interest on LGBTQ people. Depending on nationality, generation, family upbringing, and cultural influences, Islamic individuals and institutions fall along a wide spectrum, from welcoming and inclusive to a level of rejection that can be marked by a range of actions ranging from social sequestration to physical violence. In the U.S., they are a growing movement to create inclusive communities for LGBTQ Muslims and their allies. Okay. Gender identity. I, I, I love this one. The fascinating thing here is they try to make the, the, the argument, and it's rather shocking, mind you, that they, here, let, 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 let me read more. It is rare that an openly LGBTQ Muslim feels fully welcome, etc. However, according to a recent survey, we get it. More than half of American Muslims agree that society should approve of homosexuality. Interesting. A growing number of Islamic scholars, mainly in the West, have started re-examining Islamic teachings on same-sex relationships. We get this and they go on. Transgender men and women are recognized and accepted in many Islamic cultures around the world. In fact, the idea of a man or woman identifying as a member of the opposite gender is more likely to be accepted than that of a man or woman expressing sexual desire for someone of their own gender. Hmm. As early as 1988, gender reassignment surgery was declared acceptable under Islamic law by scholars at Egypt's Al-Azhar the world's oldest Islamic university in Iran in 1987. Ayatollah Khomeini declared transgender surgical operations allowable. The basis for this attitude of acceptance is the belief that, that a person is born transgender, but chooses to be homosexual, making homosexuality a sin. Nevertheless, many transgender Muslims after reassignment surgery suffer rejection socially and culturally in their own communities due to their remaining in, their, in the place of origin. If one is unable to relocate to another region where they are not known, they often suffer verbal and physical violence. Well, it's unfortunate. Allowable. I find that absolutely fascinating because Pink News wrote only a few years ago, thousands of gay people are being forced to undergo gender reassignment surgery in Iran for a vile reason. That's the reason described. When someone is found to be gay, they say they will kill you or they will give you gender reassignment surgery. Not all gay men identify as women or are transgender or suffering gender dysphoria. There are men who like being men who want to be sexually with other men. In Iran, they will strap you down and surgically remove your genitals and force you to undergo a sexual reassignment surgery, because certainly if you're attracted to men, you must be a woman. And then you must be a woman. It's fascinating how they try to whitewash this. It's fascinating how there are people trying to say like, no, no, don't, you know, oh, the LGBT queer for, for, you know, whatever. Look, I don't care what you believe. You know, do, do your thing. A lot of people believe a lot of different crazy things. Okay. A lot of people believe in things that aren't so crazy. Some people believe things that are pretty crazy. I just say, we got to figure out how to, how, to, how to work together and live together. But I do think we need an understanding and a unified culture. And that is the American constitution and the founding principles of this nation for which we've gotten rid of a lot of really bad ones. And retained a lot of really good ones. And that progress is totally fine. But dismantling that system overnight would, would bring chaos. So, in keeping up with the left is evil uh, theme of the day, I hope you all understand the point I'm making. They, they, they simultaneously argue in Iran they allow gender reassignment. While a separate leftist advocacy group says they're forcing gender reassignment. Well, they are forcing it. It's a good call out right here. But why is the HRC trying to whitewash it? 
make it seem like it's not so bad. It is bad socially, but at least they allow it. They don't allow it. They force it. By all means, respect any religion you want. But I tell you, it's fascinating how Christians tolerate so much. Christians have tolerated all of the LGBTQ stuff, and they continue to. They don't really care. So I got to tell you, if you had a choice between living in a Christian nation or a Muslim nation and you're LGBT, there's no question you're better off in the Christian nation. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up tonight at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastirl. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. Ah, yes, ah, yes. Another one of these stories. Women's U.S. soccer team just, they can't win, okay? And, and you know, I, I, they got eliminated in this last uh, World Cup or whatever. But a lot of people said, no, 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 the, the women's team, they, they do win. They, they were superstars. They're some of the best in the world, okay? Fourth tier men's team destroy U.S. women's soccer team 12 to 0, reaffirming that biological males have physical advantages over women. So apparently, uh, I don't know, they're trying to argue that some of these guys are retirees. I don't know if they're retired. I think they're an active uh, team. And uh, uh, it's, uh, it's a team owned by Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney. It's part of England's fourth tier League Two. Both teams were made up of current, former, and special guest players. So uh, what's what's being presented here? We have this um, this this video. I want to play for you. U.S. women's soccer players versus retired men. Guess what happened? I don't know that they're actually retired. Is what they're claiming. But uh, let's 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 play the video. Here you go. This message is for Ryan Reynolds and Rob McLean. One, you should be here right now with your squad. Two, your team about to go down in North Carolina. Let's go. Let's go. USA. USA. Again, you got to be careful. There's a shot. Keeper. So uh, I, I don't care for the sound effects or all the stupid other nonsense. They, they, play, they go on to play the video and you can see all these goals are being scored. I think the game ended up. 12 to 0, 12 to 0 defeat. Oof. Well, come on. I don't know if these, I don't think these guys are retired. This is uh, Wrexham. It's, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's an active team. We have this video right here. It says X Wrexham players. Uh, okay, uh, apparently they're, yeah, it's retirees. They're former players from Wrexham. Here we go. We got more footage here. Again, you got to be careful. There's a shot and there's a goal. First wow. Goal of the game you know, when you watch soccer, Rexham. Sometimes it's like 1-0, sometimes it's 0-0. And uh, this one, 12-0. Can we just, can we just stop with the nonsense? Now, I know I'm preaching to the choir, ladies and gentlemen. You go and talk to anyone who's sane, and they're going to say, of course men have physical advantages over women. No question. But the left will play this game where they're like, all men. It's like, well, literally not all men, but the average male's grip strength is higher than the strongest female's grip strength. Yo, that's crazy. Look, man, I got to be honest, man. Pickle jars be real, okay? And all guys know it. Pickle jars. And the argument, I guess, is that pickle jars were created by patriarchy to keep women down or something. Okay, look, I'm sure each and every one of you men has been in a circumstance where you've been handed a jar of something. And we say pickle jar, but any jar. And your significant other, your friend, your sister, your mom, they can't get it open. And they hand it to you and you go, pops right open with ease. I got to like, it's, it's, it's a reality. Maybe it's because there's so many millennials 
who grow up being told over and over again that they're the same, that they don't realize just how much more strength they have. Women can be strong. The saying goes, a determined woman is stronger than the average man, but a determined man is stronger than a determined woman. And I actually don't necessarily think that's fair either. I think there are many circumstances where there are average uh, men. Well, actually, I'll put it this way. Maybe you can say average, but there are many men who are untrained who will just have more strength than a woman who works out. That being said, you will not take the average guy and put him on an American Ninja Warrior uh, platform and have him do anything close to what a, to what a trained woman can do. No question. I watched this video of it's like I got watching parkour. I, I, wa- I watch parkour videos and there's this thing where you're climbing a wall using pegs and then you have to like you have to navigate around. And I'm like, dude, your average guy probably ain't even doing more than a, a, a pull up if they can even get a pull up. I'm, I'm, I wonder how many how many pull ups is average, actually. Let me let me uh, let me let me Google searches how many pull ups average man. And uh, what? The average male lifter, I don't care about lift. The average male lifter can do 14. That's pretty impressive. I think I can probably do like three or four. I am not an upper body guy. Uh, no, I could probably do more than that. Maybe five. I'm all skateboarding. So if I'm going to like, I can jump off a building. Uh, it's one to three. One to three is what the average man uh, uh, can pull off. So this is a guy who does no training can do one, two, three pull-ups. Women can do zero. Uh, uh, women, women can't do pull-ups. Women who train can. So when I see a video of a woman and she's climbing using her upper body strength, I'm like, yeah, guys can't do that. Trained guys can. Look at this. They say, according to Fox News, seven of the 12 goals were uh, scored in the first 20 minutes. (laughs) Oh man. Yo, I don't want to rag on ladies for this happening. Ain't no problem with the, with the ladies. This is just the reality. The women's national team had only five shot attempts on the goal compared to Wrexham's 39 chances at a goal. The U.S. soccer team was arranged by Mia Hamm, featuring players such as Heather O'Reilly, Lori Lindsay, the first of which has won three Olympic medals. We're super proud, O'Reilly told NBC Sports at the game. Hopefully, we've proved to anybody, just go for it. Just live. What's the worst that could happen? We lose 16-0 to to Wrexham? We don't care because we're living. We're being bold and we're being brave. Here we have two amazing products that American soccer fans are getting behind. It's a ton of fun, and it's brought us all together. The tournament was played between June 1st and 4th and boasted a $1 million winner-take-all prize. The tournament rules were a twist on regular soccer with no offsides, no draws, no slide tackles, and other non-traditional rules. Oh, dude. What do you think would happen if you said, you know, like men's NBA versus women's NBA? It's just, there's no question. It would be like 200 to zero. You know, look, man. Skateboarding is different. I skateboard. That's what I do. Check out my videos. Follow me on Instagram at TimCast. You can watch all my skate videos. Some of them are quite good. And um, I skateboard. I can tell you this. There was a period for a few years where I did not skate. And I uh, I just got to say, I, I think anybody who goes and watches my videos who skates would probably agree. And I'm not trying to be a dick. I am. Uh, I would consider myself to be decently good. I've got uh, a couple of NBDs, we call them, never been done's. I have one trick that's at around like 620,000 views on Instagram, and it is called a hang 10 hard flip late flip. 
And I'm pretty sure I'm the only person who's ever done it. I'm not saying it can't be done by anybody else. It's a combination of creativity and physical capability. And this one requires a ton of physical capability. Uh, I can jump pretty dang high. I have a very high vertical. And so uh, anyway, my point is this. I said it before. If if uh, I'm there are some really good female skaters out there. There's a, there's this one young girl who did a kickflip frontside blindside big spin out. OK, you're going to and you're like, I have no idea what you just said. So let me slow down. Little girl jumps. The board flips one time under her feet, lands on a railing going down. And then she spins the board 300. Well, it's at an angle. So 270 degrees and herself and lands it riding away backwards. Very good trick. Yeah, I ain't going anywhere near a kickflip front frontside blunt slide. Big spin out. Frontside blunt, uh, blunt slide, big spin, perhaps. Definitely not a kickflip front blunt, though. Though I could probably do something else like. Um, the thing about skateboarding is there's different tricks. And while not everyone can do the same tricks, there's, you know, comparable skill levels. But that being said, my point is this. And as a 37 year old man who is but four months away from being 38. I do believe it is fair to say I'll be humble if I were to enter a women's skateboarding competition. I think it's fair to say I'd get first place. Uh, I think it's I think it's more humble to say I'd probably be in the top three. Like kickflip front blunt big spin is is seriously good. Uh, But my all around capabilities, while I don't have anything that gnarly, that good of a trick, my uh, the rest of my tricks are are, are good enough, you know, on a, on a handrail at a park, maybe like could probably feeble big spin out, could probably do a switch frontside flip down the stairs or something like this. So I get a decent amount of tricks. I haven't skated like this in a really, really long time. My point is, and I have no problem saying it. I know there's a lot of people are going to roll their eyes and they're going to say, why don't you go do it to him? I look, I think it's fair to say that I would win a skate contest against some of the best females in the world. And that's not a bold statement. You, we, we, look what we see with like the top tier of the women's league versus, you know, se- semi-retire former uh, players. I'm not trying to be a dick to anybody. You know, we, we were we were skating out uh, in the barn the other day and we've got a three foot tall garbage can. I, I, I'll, my ollie is like three and a half feet. I don't know. I, I'll, I'll post a picture and you'll be like, oh, OK, yeah, <laughs> it's really high. And that confers a lot of advantages in skateboarding. I don't know why I can jump so high. I just can. Perhaps it's genetics. That's all I can say. I don't know. I mean, I've been skating my whole life, so I've trained a whole lot and I've worked a whole lot. But I think there's a lot of advantages guys have. And my point is with skateboarding, I don't think it's any more pronounced. Now, you can watch this game and you can see 12 to 0 men win and actually be like, yo. But if you watch skateboarding, it's crystal clear. Watch the best male vert skater drop in and land some tricks. And you'll just be like, I have no idea. He's flipping around. He's spinning like a helicopter. You can't even see what's going on. And then the average, or I should say the best female drops in. And women have just, just the first ever 720 landed by a a woman. And it was a little girl. Uh, I think she was like 13. And she did a fakey 720. So the first 720, I believe, was landed in the 80s. Um, I think it was Tony Hawk. The first 900 was, I believe, 1999 by Tony Hawk. The first 1080 was landed by a 12-year-old boy. And it is only now, 40 years later, a woman has finally landed, I should say a female because she's young, 
uh, landed a 720 and not not a regular 720. Regular is the stance. So there uh, when you go fakie, actually, it is it is easier to whip the spin off the back wheels. So the first 1080 ever landed was a fakie 1080. Now, now we've uh, we've actually gotten to the point where we have uh, full 1080s and even 1260s. It's getting it's getting crazy in skateboarding. But I can say it 50 million times. You know, every time I do a video about sports and athletics and all that stuff, all oh, the postman's got a picture of me up in there. I, I I got no beef towards ladies that want to play sports. This is why they should have their own leagues. I mean, look at this dude. Come on. It's just just the way things are. I'll leave it there. Next segment is coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.